Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Book Club. First rule of Book Club is, you must always talk about Book Club. Second rule of Book Club is, tell everyone about Book Club. So, let us begin. Hello and welcome to IRC Book Club. I believe this is episode 101. I hope it's not our Room 101, Mike. I know what I'd put in Room 101, that last book. (laughs) Would you? I can't can't even remember the name of it. Oh, James, we still love you. I got a really long message from James, which is that long. I haven't had time to respond to it yet. He was. Um, he sent me a message. He was really defending. His it's that really. long. Literally, I've had to park it and think. At some point, when I get some time, I, I will respond and apologise for canning the book he recommended for the show. Because he's because he's always puts in some good recommendations. That guy as well. And he's he so well read. Chris Ross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that would go in your room one hundred and one. Uh, I can't even remember its name, James. I thought it was that bad. It starts with clients. That's it. Our one show wonder. Anyway, we're now on section two of how to get a meeting with anybody. Yes, and we've got here, we've got chapter seven, methods and tactics, chapter eight, gifts and visual metaphors, chapter nine, free and nearly free, and chapter 10. And what we're effectively getting into now is is a bit more of a how-to. Are we not? I I, I put a big big sigh on it. I'll tell you why. Do you know what this book should have been? Go on. Loads of different ideas you can copy about marketing. I'm less negative than that. I'm not negative because some of his ideas are brilliant, but I can't wait. We're going we're gonna to go into some bit about how he makes phone calls. Yeah, so he's very clear here that, and he, he's extremely clear in chapter seven, but, and he opens up by saying, look, what I'm not trying to do here is give you a list of things I think you should do. Yes, he does say that. And he's very emphatic about that. And what he's really trying to say is, look, I'm going to give you some examples of things other people do to whet your appetite and inspire you to think for yourself a little bit. And some of them are expensive and some are not. So obviously the first one is what he calls his cartoon method. So I made a few notes here. My notes say, okay, Pricey, let's try it. So my question to you, Mike, is you did these Mike's memes on LinkedIn a while ago. Yes. Who did the cartoons for us? Was it a freelancer? Freelancer, yeah. Did we spend a lot of money on it? Mm, don't think so. But I've got to say, I, I, we only did those. He only did those because I was busy. I, I definitely could have done that. Oh, really? Are you good enough at the art? No, but it's such simple art, isn't it? Mike, if I drew a stick man, you wouldn't know it was a stick man. Right, well... You must I'm a words me. guy. I'm a, I'm, I'm a words person. I mean, I got an E in GCSE art, and I reckon I could <laughs> do it. I got thrown out in the first lesson. They were throwing a tap at someone, but right. off the still life display. So my question is, and, and I've, I've thought about this, he obviously thinks this cartoon method will get you appointments with CEOs. Well, it obviously has. So I'm up for it. I, I think as part of our commitment to book club, we, you and I should pick a few CEOs that we'd love to engage with and create 
some cartoons. Get get a cartoonist to do us some cartoons, providing it's not outrageously expensive. It, well, I, I can't remember how much it was, but I remember thinking that's not very much. Well, we find out who it was that did the work. We get them to do it, and we should try it and send a few cartoons to a few CEOs and now, see I what happens. A, I am a hundred percent up for doing it. So basically, chapter seven. You know, create yourself funny camp, uh, funny cartoon and send it to them to deliver a message. Yeah, f- f- that that you know. Fair enough. And, it, and what and he's is, doing is he's making them quite big, isn't he? They're, yeah, they're, they're big prints. Yeah, I mean, the point is they're massive prints that then the decision maker has to walk into reception and get. And there's an example, I don't know whether it's in this chapter or another, where he sent a series of cartoons and everybody was hanging on for the next cartoon that he was going to send. And he obviously got, you know, a meeting. But let's be clear, Jonathan, today it is the 17th of June. If I post a cartoon to Bill Boggs, CEO of Cisco, in his office, he's going to get it. No. No, I wrote that. I wrote here, do customers still get mail? Let's get something right, Mike. They might do if they're in an office, but I haven't been to an office for three months. There is a pile of post on our desk at the Pinnacle Building. A massive fuck-off pile of post. And have we missed it? No. Well, the world still seems to be turning. And, you know, the other part of it is, so let's say he said, oh, yeah, that cartoon. Oh, crikey, that's not working. Um, you know, from a, from a delivery perspective is, I don't see any point in emailing it to somebody because emails don't get opened. You know, when we look at the email open rate in outreach, it's not great. No, the email open rate of PDFs is very, very low. Customers don't open PDFs. Now, Stu Heinecker says something, I can't remember exactly where it was now, but he said something about he got his cartoon stuck on a billboard outside a prospect's office for 10 grand a month. And the billboard basically said, give me an appointment, give me an appointment, give me an appointment. And it was one of his clients who wanted to sell to Mercedes and they sold exhaust sort of thing. Now, you would know the answer to this, Jonathan, being a media person is, <clears throat> where could I host or put a picture of the cartoon? with the C-level exec, that the C-level exec would then see an electronic copy of it. Because if I could do that, then that makes it doable. I think you've got to try every available orifice, haven't you? Can you market to them through Facebook and some form of ad? You've got to try Facebook. You've got to try LinkedIn. You've got to try email. You've got to try the post. You know, I know a few guys who are going into the office now. People are starting to go back. Yeah. My, my mate runs a business of about 80, 90 people. He's been in the office every day because he's been servicing NHS clients. He's got up every morning, driven to the office. Fair enough. But our point is getting back to chapter seven is, let's go and get a cartoon done. You pay to get one done. I'll do one. I'll tell you what, I reckon mine <laughs> yeah. about, I do think mine will be about as good as much as you laugh. Right, okay. Um, um, and I mean, I'm pretty good at some funky stuff, but... Then we've got to think about how it gets delivered. Plus. I do wonder about whether cartoon might be a touch old-fashioned and whether if we're going to deliver something electronically, we could take Stu Heineck as an idea and and create some form of five-second video clip of some kind. But then you've got to get them to click on the link. Yes, exactly. that, That means you've got to get an email that gets past a gatekeeper. Yeah, I'm not disputing that. Whereas a cartoon in a frame printed 
posted, at some point a PA has got to show that to a CEO. I think that's the point. You can't, the point. You can't just throw it in the bin. Well, let's go through into chapter eight. I mean, there's some brilliant ones. I think the way chapter eight is written, actually. I've got one final point here on the whole cartoon thing. Is you and I have just arbitrarily, as a management team, made a decision to try that. Yes. Easy. We've just done it whilst recording a podcast. Bang. Done. Let's try it. Speak to you next week about it. We'll try a couple. How many sales leaders would sign off that as an expense? Oh, don't be a loser. Right. Let's say you're a sales guy and I'm a sales leader. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a loser. Let's say you're a sales guy and I'm a sales leader and you go, Mike, um, I'm putting an expense claim for 500 pounds because I had a cartoon done. And I went, what on earth, Johnny? And you went, yeah, yeah. But it has just got me an appointment with uh, the Prime Minister. Yeah. I'd go, right, 500 quid well spent. Yep, signed off. I think. I don't, think, I don't think a lot of them would. Do you reckon? No. I th- I th- I, we're, we're going on the side issue here, but I think a lot of salespeople are so weak and wussy with their employers. Oh, I couldn't get £50 for a bottle of whiskey signed off. Just do it. Get yeah, well, and say, right, I'm just, it's 50 quid expense. I've just got a million quid sale. All the top guys ask for forgiveness, not permission, don't they? Of course they do. The really, really good ones consistently ask for forgiveness, not permission. And, oh, yeah, I've just incurred a thousand pounds of expenses on getting a meeting with this CEO. You're going to sign the X's off or what? No, you're not. Oh, okay. Right, I know where I stand now. I'll go and find another job. Yes, I'll go find another job and somebody that might want it. Or with, with somebody you know, who respects the fact that I managed to get in front of a CEO that you've been trying to for donkeys. Or, you know, the rebuff to it is, if you were the uh, sales manager, you go, yeah, yeah, good for you, Johnny. How much commission are you going to earn having spent £1,000? You know, would you spend £1,000 to earn 50 grand commission, yeah? Well, absolutely. It's it's the whole argument about personal self-development, isn't it, that drives me utterly insane. Yeah, so I I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have any sympathy for the the Oh, they won't even let me have a premium LinkedIn account. Pay for it yourself, mate. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Shut up, pay for it yourself. We haven't got a CRM system. Right, we'll just we'll go buy your own. Buy your own. Buy your own. Yeah. What's your yeah, absolutely. So then he and then he's into chapter eight, he talks about gifts and visual metaphors. Best chapter I have read of the book. So Did you like, this? Did you like Dave Brock's it. idea of sending copies of green eggs and ham? I just thought, do you know what I really liked about chapter eight? So basically it's broken down into categories of, and the categories are sort of price. So the first category is estimated cost per ton per contact, $1 to $500. And then under that, you've got all kinds of ideas, you know, cartoon big boards, which is he's famous for cartoon bank, but you know, you can sign up to him if you want, actually uh, creative market office, deep body, body, body bar. And then it goes through it. And the chapter gives you loads of different examples. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Right. What, what's got you so excited with it? So what's got me excited is, is uh, personally, as a man who seeks advice, I want to go to an advisor and say, what's your advice? I don't want the advisor to go, well, what do you think? I don't want that. I want to turn up and go, well, I want your advice. I don't want you to think what, ask me to think what I think. I've turned up to you. Give me some you ideas. Give me some flipping ideas. This Deliver guy, some give value. Me some ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's more than that for me. I wrote here, um, the point he's making is to touch people in a creative and fresh way. And I actually think that's pretty cool. And it's got me thinking about 
some of the approaches I'm taking with some prospects where I look at them and think, I really, really would love to engage with you. But actually, what am I doing? That's it's it's reminded me that actually sales is a creative activity. Yeah, I mean, all all everybody's doing is sending emails. Yeah, very easy. What did Pete Ingram used to say? Like a soldier stood behind a trench, occasionally popping up, popping his head up above the trench to fire his rifle every now and then. I'm sending out loads of emails. Oh, bloody good for you, because your competitors are sending a DJI drone. And actually, you know, we're sat here laughing, going, oh, Christ, DJI drone, that's a bit pricey. But would you spend that money for a £10 million deal with a, 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 that you could interact directly with the CEO? Of course you would. If, well, well, well if, No brainer. If you sent a DJI drone to the new sales director of a £50 million software company, and that new sales director gave you an appointment that new sales director, got to recruit three or four people. Is your £800 worth four placements? Yep. Where do I sign up? Well, we've always maintained that, haven't we? How much would you pay for a, for a placement? Yes, this is very basic, taking you back to uh, the business coach. How much would you pay for a lead? How much would you pay for a lead? How, mu- how, yeah. much, how, how much are leads worth to you? you so just to that? give a bit of background behind what Mike's saying, uh, when Michael and I started the business, we read a book called The Business Coach by a guy called Bradley Sugars. Brilliant. Um, and it was a very, very helpful book to us as two guys owning a small business where um, what we learned was that this basic formula, which is leads times conversion ratio equals number of sales minus costs uh, equals profit, basically, times average order value. And um, what he talks about is getting you thinking about how much does each lead or each sale cost and therefore how much you prepared to pay for a lead. And how much is it uh, worth? And how much is a lead worth to you? If a lead costs a tenner and it's worth £100, there's a £90 profit per lead. So would you pay 20 quid for a lead? Well, yeah, obviously. So if your average order value is £10,000, would you pay £1,000 for that lead? Well, actually, yeah. If if Providing there's plenty of profit left afterwards, why wouldn't you? And that's, that's the fascinating thing is, yeah, okay, it's a lot of money to spend on a lead, a really good appointment. But actually, would you pay a £1,000 for an appointment? Well, well, there's someone in here. Here you are, page 99. This guy is called Walt Schmidt. Yeah. He has a full-size medieval sword made by a famed Hollywood <laughs> prop maker, complete with the target executive's name engraved on the blade. It's packed in a fine wooden box along with a handwritten note saying, look, I understand more than ever you're going through what you're going through is war and you'll need the best weapons to lead your people to victory. I'm sure your internal people are capable, but if you ever need additional warriors, I've got you back. He reckoned there's a 100% return rate. I can believe it. And at the level he's selling, that's worth every penny. Imagine that. I mean, that's intense, but if you were the CEO of a company and you opened up a, 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 an incredible replica sword in a wooden presentation box, you'd go, who the hell has done this yeah and you would want to know right what's on your mind cool you must really want to talk to me mate yeah you know what have you got because and, and what's interesting mike is you know the more i think about it i always say to people I, i'm a great believer i think most salespeople are much of a muchness and are all pretty capable once they get in the room depending on what they're selling and who they're selling it for and actually the thing that often divides the ones that really, really bring home bacon and those that don't, the ones who have the big houses, the ones that don't, 
it's actually the ability to get in front of people and get appointments and get 100%. in front of the right people. Well, so uh, the, the more I've got into this book, I was a bit down on it last week, the more I've started to enjoy some of the things he's saying. Am I going to go out and start having medieval swords made? No. But what it has really got me thinking about is, one, having a list of 100 absolute, oh my God, what would I give to work with that company, organizations? And two, how creative am I prepared to get in order to actually engage with those organizations and get a face-to-face or a video meeting with them, as the case may be currently, obviously. Yeah, and then well, he talks- I mean, Go on, Mike. I was going to say, I pick an example. I don't know anything about them, actually. But Microsoft are probably recruiting 10 salespeople today. You would have thought. Yeah. You, I don't even know who the UKMD is at Microsoft. I have no idea. No. Uh, but... If you could get in a room with that person... Well, the UK head of recruitment for Microsoft. How much would you pay to do that? Now, the only thing that worries me a bit is, is this got something to do with bribery and corruption, sending someone a DJI well, he, drone? He does, account, he does account for that in the opening part of the chapter, and he does allow for bribery and corruption legislation. He makes a point saying some people can't spend more than a certain amount. Yeah, $20, yeah, absolutely. He, said he accepts some people have a spend limit that takes them beyond whatever bribery and corruption legislation there is. And, exactly. and, and so he's, he, he does get that, and therefore it's pretty easy to spend 20 grand on a sword, but actually, Bribery and Corruption Act. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to... Send somebody send, to DJ, Well, he, he suggests a DSLR camera, $4,300. Yeah, or send somebody, uh, I don't know, a bag of golf tees with, an in, uh, uh, with a... Meet me at Wentworth on Thursday. Well, that's bribery and corruption, mate. You've well, just you paid, you, yeah, because you paid X many hundred pounds for the green fee. Right. Okay. It, 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 I think it, so. A lot of salespeople, particularly the enterprise level salespeople that we engage with, will, I think, listen to this part of this book and go, oh, hold on a minute. What, Fair what, enough. But what he is saying is, and I think the point is, we're creating what in reality, is an old-fashioned pattern interrupt. And this links very much into the book we did, Influenced by Robert Cialdini. What he's really saying here is, this is a a stopping of the click were tape that we talked about in Influence. Because the tape normally runs, oh, there's an approach from a salesman, boss. Yeah, yeah, right, I'm busy. Even it, well, that conversation doesn't happen, does it? In in the real boardrooms and in the real C-suite, that conversation doesn't even happen. An approach from a salesperson boss, well, she doesn't even tell a boss. Correct. Or he, he or she doesn't tell her boss. They don't, they don't even get into that conversation. They look at it and think, is that on the agenda? Is that part of what's worrying you? No, not interested. Sorry, can't talk to you. Because that's what those people get paid for, and some of them are highly paid. So it doesn't do it. But what he's saying in the book is, actually... It's about creating a pattern interrupt where a gatekeeper goes, oh, I better put this in front of the boss. And it creates a tension. I agree. Chapter nine, free and nearly free. I mean, there's some good ideas on it in here, but I've put at least he mentions the phone. I liked Mark Hunter's point. Call at five minutes to or three minutes past as most meetings start on the hour. Yeah, I tend to do that. Yeah, what, I'll tell you what was really interesting is he mentions Andy Paul, Mark Hunter, Sharon Drew. I'd really like to see these guys perform in a cell Yeah, well, we had that conversation, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, this, I mean, that's perfectly clear about Stu Heineken. Phone. I think he's awful on the phone. Yeah, I would imagine. But he's right about early and late calls, Mike. That's not what he does, Jonathan. One of his favourite techniques is to ask repeatedly to be directed to the right person. I start with the receptionist, ask him to refer to the right person. I ask you if I can explain the reason of my call. Because I'm asking through to the right person who deals with recruitment, Mike. Hello, Mike. I was wondering if you could put me through to the right person who deals with recruitment in your organisation. Of course I will. Yes. I'll put you through to fuck off at HR don't dot don't fucking call us again dot com. Well, it's the same for anybody, isn't it? You imagine if you're selling HR software. <laughs> I'm selling HR software. Could you put me through to the right person? No. Oh. Inquiries at we're never going to come back to you again dot com. I mean, whew. really, come on. The Get with the program, and, geezer. The receptionist and executive assistant can be your best friend because they're there to let the right people in. No, they're not. Not in this country, they're not, mate. No, but I have done a bit of recruitment in the States. I can't see them being, you know, it being the same over there. I'll tell you what's been interesting during the lockdown, Mike, has been when I've been canvassing, obviously with companies that I don't have mobile numbers for, and that I can't use any of my apps to get mobile numbers or technology for. Um, I've actually rung some reception numbers, I've not which, are obviously, which are obviously all diverted. Yeah. And what I have found is I've had a lot of return calls. I found Lucia particularly good, actually. It's come trumps, hasn't it, in the last few months? Oh, but there's been like, somewhere that, where I haven't been able to get the number. So well, I thought, right, what Lucia is, just stop listening to the show. I don't respect you anymore. Yeah, how I know he's... Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, then he goes, but then he goes through, you know, this, uh, in, in this chapter with some of his free stuff. You know, he's, Social he's, media, Mike. Oh, Johnny, I was on that page. I was going to say, come on, Johnny, what do you reckon? So, I was going to say, I wrote here, I genuinely 100% believe any discussion thereof is an utter waste of time if you truly want to sell to real C-level contacts. I've written here, they simply do not use social media unless they are Donald Trump or Elon Musk. Do not waste your time on LinkedIn if that's where you want to sell. I'm also very nervous about the LinkedIn platform as a social business platform anyway, as the algorithm is currently very flighty. Fair enough. That was my comment. I think I, think I mentioned this last week. I played golf with a fellow last Wednesday. He is a multimillionaire, CEO, um, has been a CEO of some extremely large businesses. Um, and I can tell you now, he does not use social media of any sort. Really, you need to sleep forward on your mic. You're a bit quiet at times. He doesn't use social media of any sort. There you go. Uh, so category eight triggers. You know, I quite like a good old trigger, actually, in terms of when you've got a new sales director in a new company, yeah. always, bet there's got, always bet there's going to be change. Definitely. Bet your life. Every Definitely. Time. And I actually made a note here in my new business projects, and I actually created a recurring appointment to focus on um, once a week canvassing people new to their jobs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always a good thing to do for sure. Uh, category 10, he talks about mail. Estimated what do you think about following the news? You know, I did put a note. Are you on about Google Alerts, Category 9? Yeah, I mean, I, my view is, for us, me and you, Google Alerts are no good. Yeah, I just don't... I put here... Because he's got a nice idea. All you have to do is mention the person in a blog post and they'll call you. I mean, Really? I've put good idea in principle, but I just can't see it working. Is what I've put. I'll tell you what does work. 
is once a week, I log on to specific industry website magazines. They used to be magazines, now they're websites. I look up news articles, and then I canvass the companies mentioned in those news articles. And that does work. And I have created some pretty good... I won't say I've got any placements out of it in the last few months, but I've created some very good relationships that in the fullness of time might turn into stuff. Category 10 mail. Yeah. Um, do, do you know, it was a while ago now, about a year ago, I did a mail campaign. Hand, I did what he's said here, actually. I hand-addressed the outer envelopes because my handwriting is neat enough to be legible. Mine in. Yeah, mine's all right, so I did it myself. And I, and I can't remember exactly how many I sent out, but it was less than 100. And I did actually get three or four briefs out of it. Really? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, how many letters are going to get through currently with so many people from home? I think you'd be... Uh, Ridiculous idea. Yeah. Or, you know, what, what I like this idea, you could, um, you could spend $500 a month with cartooning. <laughs> so just explain where we're at here. This is so Cartoon Link. This is my company. Cartoon Link offers membership-based monthly postcard campaigns featuring any of more than a thousand personalized cartoons. If you want your mail noticed, opened, and saved as a keepsake for months, this is the way that'll make it happen. Cartoonlink.com. Five hundred dollars a month. Membership required. So hold on a minute. For six grand a year, I get to use your portfolio of cartoons that you've already drawn and written for someone else. Bit cheaper to use a um, uh, freelancer. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, miles cheaper. Miles. So that yeah, that that for me kind of kind of takes the edge off the the, the book for me. The one that's uh, I couldn't care less. You were always expecting that. The one that's that's not mentioned here because I think it's a more modern phenomenon. Is there's a man that you always bang on about on LinkedIn? Some guy who was a recruiter and now pays recruiters. Recruiters pay him for social media. Uh, he was like a marketing recruiter, bald guy. Oh, yeah, he really annoys me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I wonder why at no point here has this guy, Stu Heineker, said, I wonder how, how much a freelance PR company, how effective they would be at getting you in front of the right people. What, actual PR? yeah. You know, well, let's get it right. It's June the 17th. Is there a PR guy or girl sat at home right now on furlough, you know, works for a pub, looking down the barrel of, I'm going to get made redundant with the 800,000 people that got made redundant last month. Can't you go to, I don't know, some freelancing website or use a Filipino or something and say, right, they are my 100 I want to speak to prospects. I want you to act on my behalf and I want you to market them for market into them for me. You know, I don't really know how it works in enough detail, but you will, you know, app mentions, comment on all the LinkedIn posts, uh, make sure that our cartoon gets in their face on Facebook, make sure that our cartoon gets in their face on Instagram. I, I you know, I don't know, obviously, I'm sort of making it up really, but it would surprise me if for... $500 a month, you know, same price as this cartoon. I bet you could hire somebody to do four or five hours a week for you. Somebody good. So what do you reckon? Somebody who could just target social media at 100 those people. 100 accounts, those 100 contacts. Yeah. Now, I don't know how feasible that is, but it sort of seems like it should be. 
Yeah, I think the problem with it is it's a PR can be a real bottomless pit, Mike. Chasing an article in a magazine that you know that your prospect reads, Christ, what what, what if he? What if his postman doesn't deliver the Economist that month? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but uh, so chapter ten: uh, e- media insight, exposure, and events. I'll tell you one I quite liked here. Ask your prospect customers on your podcast. Yeah, that's smart. Really smart. I quite like that. That's, I, yeah. I've written that down as a as an idea, and I wrote down which of our prospects would come and do an interview about how well they've navigated the crisis on our Hard, hard Times podcast. Loads, because they've all got massive egos. Completely. Books, yeah, you all have. Books and articles, I said the two guys on a podcast. Books and articles, <laughs> category 12. Uh, I'll tell you my thoughts on this. I, I have got a workflow that has serialized the first several chapters of my book on recruitment. And it's split it into white papers. And I've had a bloody good go at getting trying to get that to work. Don't work. Fair enough. Uh, I, no, I don't, I don't. Re- I've taken don't your white papers, actually. And first contact is, hello, Jonathan, my name is, blah, blah, blah. What I've then done is then in my follow-ups, so, you know, thanks for taking the call. It was a cold call. Month's time. Hey, Jonathan, do you remember we spoke a month ago? It was a cold call. Just got this document, thought you might find it useful. I'm using them like that rather than as an initial reach out. I'm using them as a... That's how I'm using them. Follow on reach out. Oh, are you doing the same? Yeah, but I've not been getting anything out of it. I've had a little bit. Uh, I've had a couple. I've had one or two say, yeah, I really liked it, but the conversion rate is low. Next is video, category 13. Um, do you know, I am going to get... Can I just I go back to category 12, Mike? Of course. Something that annoyed me about the book is he talks about a website called Create Space. I'd never heard of it. He basically talks about, yeah, create a book, write a book, and it'll all be okay, and it's the best calling card you can ever have, blah, 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 blah. Use CreateSpace to create your book. CreateSpace was bought by Amazon in 2015 and no right. longer exists. So it's, it's, uh, his editors let him down a bit here, but it makes the book seem very, very, very dated. And actually, this is supposedly a, you know an up-to-date edition, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not that pedantic. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Chapter 13, video. Something that I did get a good hit rate out of. I just sort of stopped doing it. I'm going to get straight back into actually uh, is drift videos. Yeah, they're good, aren't they? They really, really do help. Good. Yeah, really good. Because you can text a drift video. Yeah, you can put it in. A, you can actually put it on a text and the conversion ratio of a texted drift video is really high. Yeah, I'm going to get straight back onto that. People respond to their text messages. Well, they read them, don't they? And often they come back and go, fair play, mate. Very creative. Yeah, correct. Correct. Um, what, well, what we find, you know, you'll find the same as me is if you get through to a hard to get through to person and you make a good call, they actually talk to you because you made a good call. <laughs> and, in their, and, and in the pit of their stomach, they're going, God, I wish my salespeople do that. And they go, where do you get your number from? And I go, Lucia. And they go, what is it? And I go, it's this. They go, all right, fair enough. And this video thing, what's that all about? And you tell them, they go, that's brilliant. Anyway, what do you want? Well, I'm calling to Cambridgeshire. Right, yeah. And you get you have a much easier conversation. It I had a fellow ring me back the other week because he, he, he was so impressed. The CEO of a company, a decent-sized company, just rang me back to say, listen, I'm ringing, to, I'm ringing you back because 
I just can't knock you the way you try to approach this. So I'm just ringing back out of respect for you as a salesman. Yeah. What do you want? I was like, well, I'm selling. He went, right, look, I'm not recruiting anyone at the moment, but let's talk again in a couple of months. He was at his flying club. But that's the kind, your follow-up now is very important with him. Yeah. Really, follow up really, and really. Cont- and continued momentum. Yeah, yeah, really. really but yeah, cool. I, I do agree. I think the drift video thing, that's a neat product and it's cheap, pricey. 10 quid a month. And it's but easy that's to what, use. That's one of those things where a lot of the people that listen to the show or a lot of the people that don't listen to the show who should listen to the show would say, but it's 10 pounds a month. My employers won't pay for it. Exactly, yeah. Just shut up. Shut up. Piss off. Netflix is £10 a month. Cancel it. Yeah, correct. 100% agree. Cancel it. Stop watching Netflix and get yourself a Drift Video account. So Category 15, events. Yeah. Uh, What about information and insights? Again, I did put some notes on that and skipped past it, actually. Um, I I wrote... You you like this, I think. Uh, He's talking about sending insight and creating insight, that sort of insight-based challenger sale. Excuse me. Managed to hit the mute button then before I sneezed. Um, (laughs) uh, He's talking about this sort of insight-based sales style, and he says, firstly, your insight better be real insight. I've written more than anything... All none of this gives you as much bang for your buck as "Hello, my name is," and then thinking on your feet. I know, but I tell you what, it does do. And it's, just, it's the bit I really like. Um, is if you currently are sat at home in a new business sales role, having not seen you know physically met a colleague for three months. Sat there thinking, right, how am I going to get some appointments? Read the book. You'll There's ideas. You You'll be yeah. glad you did it. Just keep your brain thinking. So actually, category 15 events, am I going to do that? No, probably not. But does it get you thinking? Well, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Listen, I, if I look at this now, if I look in my notes, there are four or five things that have turned into action items out of that section of this book. Yeah, exactly. And then chapter 11 are more ideas. They're called Over the Top. <laughs> yes. I didn't really make any notes on this because they're ludicrous. No, but I can, you know, I can see it. So here you go. This is the one, uh, category 16, estimated cost per contact, $500 to $10,000. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, they talk about this and some guy got uh, an appointment with Larry Ellison. You can't knock that. Do you want a point with Larry, Larry Ellison, Johnny? Yeah, maybe. Do we pay 10 grand for it? No, because I don't think Larry Ellison would be interested in what I'm selling, so he's not a target prospect, but I get your metaphor. You're not telling me that Larry Ellison has got a senior sales director's job on million-pound basic salary somewhere that you could fill. You, you, you don't think that's the case? I just think he's he, going to give it to someone. He is going to give it to someone. But what I'm talking about is, would I pay 10 grand? I don't deem Larry Ellison a prime target prospect. Yeah, yeah. But would I but, pay 10, 10, would you pay 10 grand for a, for a to get involved with a customer that you knew could spend 150 grand on recruitment fees next year with you uh, that was nails hard to sell to 
where you thought, actually, I could tie it into an exclusive or a service agreement. Ooh, yeah, why not? Yeah, it has prepaid disposable phones. Bit, bit clandestine, that. But yeah. I like it. Well, it just gets you thinking, doesn't it? Well, it's about how, I think the overall thought is, I've written here, overall thus far, this book, okay, there's a lot of it I don't like, but some of, and some of it feels very dated, but it's got me really thinking about how creative I'm being. And that in itself is very important. And the reality is, so go. I've put here, the reality is we're in sales, we're in the business of making money, so whatever works is the right strategy at any given point in time. A cartoon is going to get me an appointment at Insight Ventures who will introduce me to their portfolio next month, then I'm bang up for it. Uh, I, I completely agree. Chapter 19, uh, sorry, Category 19, Investor Relations. Oh, I didn't really get that. Well, stockholders get special access to the C-suite and board members. Theori- yes, you do. And I, I, you know, I skipped really? over that. I skipped Not over. theoretically. Well, you can really? turn up at a board meeting. So we've got one of our gravy train clients, as you like to refer to them as, they're probably listening to it now. You know, I've invested in that company. And when I speak to C- CEO, I mean, he'd tell me anyway, you know, he's quite open with me anyway, because I've known him for so long. But I can say, listen, I read this in your body book. Yeah, I'm a shareholder. And he laughs and he goes, well, you're right. And I go, I know. But you don't have to spend much money. I think it's a really smart idea, that. Yeah, just buy yourself 100 quid's worth of stock. Yeah. And then you, uh, can go to the, then you can go to the general meeting, can't you? Yeah, can pitch up, right? What do you know about recruitment? Yeah. I've noticed your recruitment costs were a million pounds last year. Correct, yeah. Why are you spending so much money on recruitment when you can get it cheaper and better? I've also noticed you've got a massive staff turnover problem. And you can pitch up at the general meeting and say that. You definitely can, yeah, 100%. So actually, that's a pretty neat idea. You know, a lot, yeah. of, the health, a lot of the health guys turn up at trust board meetings. Fair enough. The smart ones do. So they go to the board meeting and they just sit there and make notes and listen. And then what they do is they mill about later and they, and apparently you can just create appointments from it. And that's the end of that section, actually. But I'll tell you what that section did. I agree with you. One, it makes you think more creatively. 100% that's the case. Yeah. But two, it makes you think, here's me just sending emails. Would I spend 10 quid on a lead? Now, I don't know what I could buy for 10 quid. You know, would I send out protein bars to people or you know, whatever? Yeah. Well, it, but, but I think the whole point is, I think selling has become about, and I, we've talked about this a lot on the show, about reaching as many people as you can, as quickly as you can, with as much outreach as you can, with as much scalability as you can, with as much automation as you can. And this is actually the antithesis of that. What he's saying is instead of trying to canvas 10,000 prospect clients, hoping that some of them turn into opportunities, Actually, pick a hundred really good ones that are a really good fit for you that you know any one of them would be great to transact with and then get into them. Yeah. And be creative and stop at nothing to do so. And so it's very different to the way a lot of our customers are actually built from a sales perspective now. Be interesting, wouldn't it? You know. The book I thought was uh, two books actually. One was combo prospecting, and one was fanatical prospecting. Yeah, be interested to get Tony Hughes and Antonio Reno. Is that who did those books? Fanatical prospecting is a Jeb Blunt book. Jeb Blunt. So uh, Jeb Blunt and Tony Hughes to get them on the book club with Stu Heinecker and go right. You've got a different take on this. 
maybe invite him for a debate. Your only problem is with Jeb Blunt is he'll completely hijack the show and talk incessantly. Uh, <laughs> your only problem, the only problem with the show is Americans do not like confrontation. No, that, and unless they'll uh, all back down and be really nice to each and, other. And, and uh, you know, I enjoyed having Jeb on the show the other week, but whew, Christ, he talked. Johnny, you should try interviewing these American salespeople. And this is going out to your American salespeople. God, you talk a lot. Stop talking, America. Jeez. And at that, we will say goodbye to you and we'll see you next week for part three of this book, which is actually warming up to be a little belter. Oh. Goodbye. Goodbye.